This is episode 190. Did you know that? Wow. That's that's a lot. 190. That's that a is lot. a whole lot. Yeah. That's a, a lot of that us. many things to talk about. Yeah. What? <laughs> We're going to have to uh, recycle, reuse here real soon. I'm going to go back to the beginning and listen from the beginning every day. Mm. Do you think we would get in trouble if we went back and started like um, taking the topics from the first shows and like acted like we never talked about it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, they would mean a lot more now, or they would mean a lot different things now because of what we've all been through. You know, so it might be an interesting topic to let's do that. Let's revisit early topics and have a fresh spin on them. One of the ones that meant a lot earlier topic was the getting started one. I mean that's yeah. that's a that's something everybody struggles with, and I still struggle with to this day. Sometimes I'll just go out into the shop, or I'll sit at the computer, and I just stare at it, and because getting started is still difficult. Yeah, that yeah. that would be a good one. Let's do that next week. Getting started again. <laughs> starting, all, starting all over. Yeah. Uh, well, what's what's going on? Let's what are you guys see. up to? I've been. Uh, I, I had a good weekend. I'm, we have the blacksmith class coming, so the house is a disaster. So, I had help. My buddy's son came and spent a few days with me. He was uh, sort of like my intern, and I used his muscle to help clean up the backyard. And Brett, do you guys know Jesse's been here for like a month? Jesse's yeah. been here with Brett, and she's amazing. So she's uh, helping Brett out do some of the stuff. They did some insulation in the shop, which was I was so impressed with. Uh, on uh, Saturday, the insulation battings, the bats are six feet wide and they're 25 feet long and they're Whoa. heavy. So when you unroll them, it's like picking up a big giant wet towel that weighs like 150 pounds. And so they were able to hang those in the bays. They hung up uh, at least half the shop, which is amazing. So Jesse and Brett, thank you for that. But uh, I just cleaning up the yard. I had a good weekend. And then last night I finally relaxed and went out to the blacksmith shop. And I'm working on a chisel. This is my Instagram story mm-hmm. last night. And it's funny, I started pushing that piece of ch- chunk of metal around a little bit earlier last week, and I wasn't getting where I wanted, so I just put it down. You know, a lot of people say, you know, when you get stuck, I just put it down, and then last night I was like, you know what, let me at least try and do these couple of things I wanted to do to it. And as I started developing it, I started seeing a shape, and then once I started seeing the shape, I started really going for it. And then when you blacksmith, you, you know, each thing is measured in heat, so okay, let me do one more heat. And I remembered knowing I had to walk the dogs and do some stuff last night. It was about 7 or 8 o'clock. I kept going, let me do one more heat. Let me do one more. And I did that about 15 times in a row. I kept Because I kept getting closer and closer to my goal as far as the visual of the shape. And I was really proud of my uh, my tenacity there to keep going with it. Whereas I was about to give up on it. Yeah. I, have a, I have a question about the heating. And I know this. Yeah. there's not a good answer for this. But <clears throat> uh, I assume that the heat, the amount of time it takes to heat up a certain piece has a lot to do with the material and how big it is. And Sure. But like, what's a rough, like in that case, how long did you have to wait for each one of those heats? Oh, about five to 10 minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah, not bad. I mean, if you do have a big, big chunk in there, which is how it started. I was that night, about 10 days ago, I, I was putting it in. It started out as a big masonry chisel that I got at the flea market. It was about an inch and a quarter in diameter by about 10, 12 inches long. And it was big chunk to heat up. And so I left it in the oven. And in the meantime, I was heating up a smaller piece. So in the in-between time, I was heating up a smaller piece, just practicing some techniques on it. So I was always going to and from the, the forge. So That's cool. Kept myself busy, just experimenting. And uh, sometimes I will do that to keep myself busy. I'm like, I'm here in the blacksmith <laughs> shop. Let me develop more experience. And I just start banging on a piece of nonsense just to experiment. And uh, that's how I pass the time between heats for bigger metal. 
But uh, yeah, no, so I did that and I was able to post my three flip table video, which a lot of people are impressed. It looks like what we talked about. It was funny, just before we started last week, I was, I kind of came to that conclusion. I'm looking at my notes on my pad right here. And uh, I came to that conclusion of how I was going to make it. And that was about 10 days of thinking until I got to that conclusion that morning last week. And then I went straight to work on it. It took me about two days to build it. And then I posted the video yesterday afternoon and uh, people really dig it. And a lot of people are asking me, can you make me one? You should manufacture this. You should license this. So I'm talking to uh, Howard, my business partner, because he's in the bicycle manufacturing business. I said, do you think it's not such a far stretch to manufacture a tube table like this? And so we're going to explore the options. We're going to maybe explore the options of licensing it. Maybe I could use my uh, YouTube influence to get a licensing deal from somebody. Who knows? Whatever happens, it would be interesting to share with the audience. But I've been down this road so many times, and I just start making another video and just forget about it. <laughs> I'm like, ah, whatever. <laughs> then people start making their own versions, and that's hap- I'm happy to see that as well. So I'm working on the chisel, probably my next video. The canoe is going to wrap. It's definitely wrapped. I just need to take it in the water. I might do that this week before the class starts to kick in. The class starts to kick in Thursday. That's when Rory comes Thursday, and then Zach, ZH Fabrications, volunteered to be a helper. So he's coming. A couple of other guys from YouTube are going to be here, so. It's going to be a whirlwind starting Thursday, but it's going to be good. I'm really looking, really looking forward to it. I just hope the weather holds up because the weather right now is on the cusp. It's Yesterday was a beautiful day. Today, it's your typical late November day, hmm. cold and blustery. But right, we'll see where it goes. Nice. That's, that's where I'm up to. Cool. Well, a couple weeks ago, we talked about the trophy that I worked on for the for the go-kart race where my cousin Tony, he made the top part of the trophy. He welded a little go-kart and I made the, the wooden base and it had these little pillars on there. And yesterday was the go-kart race. And it was quite an amazing event. Like this happens in Tony's backyard and there was 51 go-karts that entered the race what? and they they made a little grandstands and um the neighbor who has a cornfield uh they allowed parking in there and it was there was just lots and lots of people there and it was a really cool event and they had wow. qualifying and heat races and a couple of b mains and then the feature and so i wanted to film uh, a little bit of the racing and then the winner getting the trophy so i could add that to the end of my video and uh, I, I got the I, and really I only needed like thirty seconds of footage. This is just going to be the end of the of the video. But you know how it is. You need thirty seconds and you film twenty minutes of it. But uh, <laughs> four hours. Yeah, yeah. Because you're like, I'm here. I have a camera. I might as well just keep filming. Uh, but the 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 feature, the main event at the end. This one this one cart led the entire race, and on the last lap, he got passed at in turn four and. Uh, the the other guy won, and I was rolling, but I was also watching, like not through my camera, because I was enjoying the race, and I totally did not get capture the that winning moment because my camera was like aimed up at the sky, <laughs> and I was too far zoomed in, uh, so I didn't I didn't get the 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 peak exciting moment, but that's okay. I got I got race footage, and I got the winner holding up the trophy, and it was really cool, and it was really fun, and it was kind of mind-blowing how somebody could organize an event so, so big just in their backyard so that's awesome yeah so that's what i did um and then can i can i ask you a question about yeah. the go-karts yeah what was the what was the range of like 
types of construction and engines and stuff like that with the go-karts? So there's a uh, there's a limit on the go-karts, and I believe it, it was a it's a five horse. I I could be wrong. And then uh, as far as the construction, they're all over the place. None of them had the roll cage. They're all um, open and all open wheel, um, which causes a lot. They're of, all powered, gasoline powered. I'll guess. I uh, I'm not sure if it was gasoline or um, alcohol. Um, because it didn't smell like gasoline, so I was wondering if it, they were using racing hmm. alcohol. Yeah, um, I could be wrong. I'm, I'm not. I'm not really into that to that world. But um, it was it, it was it was really fun. And I'm I have my craft show coming up this weekend, which I'm I'm disappointed in myself because I'm totally not ready for. Uh, I really thought like this is going to be the year where I try a bunch of new things and I experiment and see if if this particular thing sells. And I I don't really have anything new for the craft show. It's the same thing I've done the last couple, and uh, and I don't even have a lot to take. So I'm like struggling to get some last minute ideas done. I was turning some pens last night and uh, I was trying different finishes. What finish would would work the fastest and CA glue on pens is really fast. It's all, it's almost instant. And then you can buff it to a nice shine, but I got CA glue stuck in my pen mandrel. And then, it, no. <laughs> yeah. So one of the pens got stuck on there and getting it off, I ruined the mandrel. So I didn't even get that many done. Uh, oh no. Yeah. And then I think when Dan comes over tomorrow, we're going to make some wooden crates out of a two by six. This is a video that I've done years ago and I sell plans for this, this crate. And I decided I'm going to use these crates to make a display. So I'm going to, uh, they're just, you know, like the, like a cheap wooden crate. And I'm going to use them to make them stackable and, and make them into my display for the craft show. So I'm gonna, it's kind of going to be a, a redo of an old video. It's almost like making it, redoing an old podcast. Huh. What a novel idea. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> did you, did you two get any feedback on, um, like the the brainstorming we did last week, did you get anything from people that was helpful in that process? Oh, I did. Uh, so the timing of of the podcast was a little weird because I asked for um, ideas about the the router bit bull stuff, and I we we recorded the podcast on Monday. I filmed my video on Tuesday, which I did the router bit bull video then, and then. Over the weekend, I got a bunch of ideas of like, you could do this with the router bit ball. I'm like, oh man, I already filmed the video. <laughs> but yeah, lots lots of great ideas. A lot of people just reacted to the fact that I basically, I basically solved my problems before we got started. But a lot of people wanted to know where the Jack, Michael Jackson glove concept thing was. <laughs> <laughs> and then a couple of people were correcting somebody. They're like, no, 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 that was the table where the thing comes up out of the middle. So we got some good listeners. So thank you guys very much. That's awesome. It feels like there's a little um, club in the comments when somebody comments uh, and they reference the podcast. Like anybody yeah. else who doesn't listen to the podcast has no idea what that person's talking about. So it feels like a little <laughs> secret club. It's a little yeah. clicky. Yeah, it's a, it's, a it's clicky. clicky. <laughs> you know, uh, clicks us YouTubers with our clicks. You know how it anyway. Is. So I've been working on a lot of stuff. <laughs> um. So the video that's coming out this week is a it's a rolling pin made out of epoxy and 3D printing. So I had this idea a long time ago to take all because like when you 3D print, you have tons of excess plastic that's just like material that support material that you have to tear away and throw away, or you have 
Um, if something goes wrong, you have spaghetti that shoots out of the printer and you just have this wad of plastic. So I was trying to think of like a cool way to take all of that and make it, you know, used in something. And I was thinking, well, if you encase it in epoxy, then you can use the epoxy as the structure for whatever the thing is. Hang on, I got a cough. Sorry, my throat is funky. <clears throat> so the idea was originally around the excess plastic, and I started to do that, but it like, I don't know, you, b- you basically can't control anything about where that plastic goes in an epoxy pour. So then we, the idea morphed into um, printing a shape that would go up the center of a rolling pin, but also printing the mold or the, yeah, I guess the mold at the same time. So you print a canister that you can fill with epoxy that has a 3D printed thing on the inside of it. And so Josh and I started working on this probably, I'm going to say like three months ago, maybe longer than that. And we have tested, we've done probably 10 prints, maybe not that many, but a bunch of different materials, a bunch of different models, a bunch of like at least a couple of pours trying to figure out how to seal up the outside of the mold without doing, like, creating another mold on the outside of it. Um, trying to get the, you know, like, one of the epoxy pours we did, the one container of the epoxy was bad, so it didn't mix fully, so it never hardened. And then, like, it was just thing after thing after thing. So it's been this project that's been in the background. Like, we'll do it, and it doesn't work, and we'll set it aside for a couple of weeks. And then we'll do something, and then it doesn't work, and we'll set it aside. So it's just this thing, nagging thing in the background. And we finally <laughs> got one that worked, and uh, we got the process down. So basically, it's a cylinder, a 3D-printed cylinder with a corkscrew up the center of it. We filled that with epoxy. We wrapped it in tape, filled it with epoxy, let it harden, and then put that whole thing on the lathe and then turned off the outside casing so you end up with an epoxy cylinder with a curl down the middle of it. And uh, the only thing that didn't really work was I realized I was using Ecopoxy, and I realized from a previous video that I used it, <clears throat> people mentioned in the comments that like I couldn't get it. It didn't fully harden, and people were saying that the one-to-one mixture that they recommend doesn't make it actually harden. You have to do less hardener, so you do like a one-to, or I guess like a two-to-one, <clears throat> which is seems really counterintuitive, but... Matt Cremona found this out and posted it in a video. So somebody re- you know, oh. referenced that for me. This is like a long time ago. But <clears throat> anyway, so if you use less hardener on Ecopoxy, it hardens more and probably takes a little bit longer. I don't know. But when I learned that, we had already done this rolling pin that was finished. You know, So like now I have a video coming out that is so far behind knowledge that I have. It's one of the interesting things I've learned recently. Um. Anyway, so the the epoxy didn't harden fully. <clears throat> so you have a 12-inch cylinder of epoxy that's about three inches wide on a lathe, and it's not fully hardened. When you go to turn the center of that thing, it just, like, runs away from you. Sorry, my throat. <clears throat> anyway, it runs away from you. As it touches the tool, it bounces off. And oh. it, it flexes and bends away from you. So weird. And it's... It's really subtle, but it was not fun to turn because I kept feeling like, well, if I dig in a little bit, it's going to bounce in the wrong direction. It's going to like bind and pop and, you know, whatever. So long and short of it is it's not as easy as you would think to make a rolling <laughs> pin out of epoxy. <laughs> Did you go ahead? Yeah, you might, we you ended might up be able with to one say that, was that done and, it, and it worked. 
<clears throat> you might be able to save that casting. Well, if you're in a situation like that, what you might be able to do is take it and put it, if, especially now that it's getting cold out, if you have a room in the house that's warm, like a boiler room, for instance, put it in there and that, that extra external heat will cure. If it's already hard to some extent, it should yeah. get harder. You know what I mean? If it's not still yeah. a goopy mess, that's when you made something totally wrong. But if it does cure to some extent, it's only going to cure more and heat will accelerate that. Huh. So keeping it in a warm area or in a warm environment, maybe for two, three days, just to make sure that yeah. it's really, that, that will accelerate that curing if you have a problem. A lot of times, my brother specifically has called me a couple of times. He's like, it's hard here, but it's soft there. When that happens, that's, that's a problem because you didn't stir it properly. Right. And when you're doing clear resin, for instance, you, you can't tell when you've stirred it enough. That's why you have to just stir it and stir it and stir it. And when you think you've stirred it enough, stir it some more. When you scrape the sides, you think you've scraped the sides enough, scrape the sides three more times. <laughs> Make sure you get all nooks and crannies and corners. Because people just stir and stir and they don't even think, oh, I say, did you shake the bottles? No. Did you scrape the sides of the cup before you poured it? No. And those are two instances where you're going to end up with uncured material. I think in one of your bits videos, you had a great tip of when you go to pour, don't scrape the sides. Like scrape the sides when you're when you're mixing, but don't scrape the sides when you pour. Right. Because I've never then heard that. You're, That's great. Yeah, you're scrape, and that goes with you know any two part mixture that you're mixing, silicone or epoxy or whatever, because that takes unmixed pieces off the sides and pour, puts it into their pour, and those things won't cure. Correct. Those sections won't. What, cure. what I do like that if if. I'll take the material, I'll mix it up really good. And yeah, lately I have these total boat cups. They give me a thousand of them and they're great to have these polypropylene cups. So I mix it, mix it, mix and mix, then pour it into a brand new clean cup and mix and mix and mix and mix oh, and yeah. mix. And then it's good. Then I know. Then yeah. I know that that whole cavity of material is is should be good. The That's, thing that was interesting about this after it had set up is like we I left it in the mold for I don't know, three or four days. It should be good overnight, that stuff. But I left it in there because I could press with my fingernail on the top of it, on the exposed part, and it was like kind of would dent in a little bit. And I'm like, well, that's weird. And so I left it for several days thinking it'll eventually fully harden. And it just never changed past a certain point. Maybe adding heat would have done that. I don't know. But, um, you know, so it, at one point I was just like, all right, fine. I'll just go ahead and try to turn it and see if if it's good enough. And it was totally good enough for making a rolling pin. It doesn't need to, you know, hold any weight or anything. But <clears throat> turning it to a perfect cylinder was really difficult. And um, I ended up with a bunch of little kind of grooves and, you know, like a uh, texture to it because it kept running away from the tool as you would try to go in. So you couldn't really get a clean, you know, back and forth. And I tried sanding it with a, a block of, uh, like a piece of wood with sandpaper on it, tried to get the surface flat. And that kind of worked, but um, yeah. So anyway, that's this week's project, and it was an interesting. A lot more happened off camera than on camera, but it was it was fun. You said you you filmed it before you learn new techniques and stuff. Did you did you talk about that at the end? Did you make a new ending of saying we could have done this or that? No, actually, I mean we had fully. Oh. edited, uploaded. It's been uploaded for like two weeks or three weeks now, just gotcha. sitting there waiting. Yeah, And so I, I did end up re-rendering it and putting a piece of text over one of the sections where I talked about it not being fully cured just to say like, you know, I've learned since then that you can do a different mixture and it hardens or whatever. Um, so I tried to at least address it, but I didn't want to go back and have to reshoot anything. So yeah. that's one thing I've, <clears throat> I've, I've seen, I've felt a lot lately. Not lately, 
I've felt a lot over the years is I will be working on something and shooting something and then after the fact learn a better way to do it or learn a different technique or something that would have been good to include in there, but it's like you're too far gone. For me, I'm already working on the next project or I'm already a couple of projects down the line. And it's like, well, I can't always go back and reshoot or add extra text. or, And it's a little frustrating because I would like to be able to present like the best way that I know to do it. And so it's That happened to me I, this week as well. Oh, yeah? Yeah, the flip table that I made, I opened up my McMaster Car stuff and I realized I had these pull pins that you buy from McMaster Car. And I remember seeing the options. Do you want a two-inch one, a two, one and a half, a three-inch? And I just said, oh, one and a half should be fine. And I didn't realize exactly at the moment where I was going to be installing them. And that's why if you happen to watch the flip table video when you get a chance to see it, I make the, the locking plate has to swing through the height has to swing through the width of the leg so that I explained it in the video, but I had to cut out a whole bunch of extra material that I ordinarily wouldn't have had to cut out if I got the right size pull pin. And I made a decision, just keep moving forward because otherwise I would have had to buy new ones, wait for them to come in the mail. It would have halted my whole day of production. And I just said, all right, this will be my prototype. Let me just go forward and explain that this is, this is a somewhat of an error, but it's not going to compromise the strength of the table. So it looked a little clumsy. But it but it worked out. Does the pull pin have a spring like a like a pinball machine? Mm-hmm. It does. It does. Yeah. And then in hindsight, I also could have beveled all the the locking plates so that when I spin it, it just grabs and clicks in. But again, I'll do that for the next ones. If I end up manufacturing that thing or or finding a manufacturer and I help designing it, there's a lot of things I learned in, in just making the first thing. But I that was a decision. That I'm like I'm going to cut these big giant slot holes through the tops of the legs, and everyone's going to have something to say about it. But I just had to bite the bullet and say, this is a mistake. This isn't a good optimal design decision, but it's what I have to make now because I wanted to finish the video. Yeah, I run into that sometimes in a similar situation where like I'll, well, we're working on one thing right now and I ordered parts and I prepared things ahead of time thinking like everything I will need, you know, I'll have them in place. And then when it gets down to actually building the thing, you're like, oh, well, actually I need this or I need this and you use whatever's next to you right which isn't always the thing that you would use if you had time to order stuff so I'm finding that some of my projects are this combination of like pre-planning with the right stuff and then impromptu like (laughs) I just gotta make it work just like weld these two things together and so it's kind of weird from an outsider's perspective watching the video it's like wow you thought and then you didn't think you just like you know used whatever was handy and not optimal but that's that's the way it goes I guess um, so I was asking about the feedback <clears throat> earlier on the brainstorming from last week, and I got some feedback from people as well on a couple of things. One on the, um, the display that I was talking about, I got a couple of ideas that like, I think they have similar issues to the ideas that I had. So it's just a matter of figuring out which one has the fewest issues, but it was really cool to hear other people's perspectives. Cause it was stuff I hadn't thought of. Somebody mentioned using, if you remember, it was like an A-frame um, uh, set of shelves with A-frames on the side. Yeah. And I was talking packed about up, using, uh, yeah, that folded up. I was talking about using square tubing or you know having some sort of like mortise and tenon type, like the top fits into the bottom situation. And somebody else mentioned um, using an an angle for those pieces so that the top could actually sit inside the bottom. And I thought that was kind of interesting. I think it's just a matter of like. I don't even know how to explain that without showing it, but like the top has angles and those 
face inside, like they get spooned <laughs> inside to the the bottom <laughs> and locked together somehow. I don't know how else to say that. Anyway, it was a cool idea, but it's also got its own things that you would have to figure out and getting those pieces to stick together. And that was cool to just hear some other ideas from people based on our brainstorming. But <clears throat> I also got feedback on the machining thing. Did we talk about the machining stuff in the after show or was that in the main show? I forget. What did we talk about? <laughs> it's all one show to me. I think was I yeah, there last it is. week. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I don't think you were here last week, Jimmy. Mm. I was at the clip. <laughs> I think it was in the after show because I was asking. Jimmy's playing with his knife. I was asking you about, like, you know, a bridge port versus a Tormac. Like, at oh, yeah. this point, is it worth, for anybody that didn't hear the after show, I think that's where it was. I was asking, at this point, if you had the option to get a bridge port and tooling and everything or get a Tormac, like, is it worth having the experience of manually and all the learning that goes into manually machining something? Or should you kind of, like, look to the future and and of course there is an answer on both sides. I totally get that. But the feedback I got was really interesting because I expected there to be kind of split down the middle, like you should definitely get this or you should definitely get that. And most of what I heard from just a handful of people was, I'm never going to get either one of them, so it doesn't matter to me, but you should definitely get the one that works best for you because that's how I learn from watching. And I'm like, oh, what a mature thing to say. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you were really concerned cool. that you didn't want to alienate viewers. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, either one of those is a step away from, like, what the normal hobbyist is going to have in their garage. And I get that. And, I mean, a lot of the things I have are a step away from what hobbyists have in the garage. But, I, you know, I don't want to – if I can step a foot away or a mile away from somebody, I'd rather go a foot away so that we still have – we can still talk to each other, right? And – so I was just worried that, you know, you go, I, I looked up the cost of Tormach the other day and like the smallest machine is like five grand or eight grand or something crazy like that. And I'm like, good grief. So from one perspective, me getting an old used Bridgeport will be considerably cheaper than getting a Tormach. But I was worried that, you know, maybe if you, if you jump right into the combination of CNC and machining, that's going to be further from someone than just machining, you know, but the response pretty much was like, I'm not going to do either one, but I'm learning stuff from you learning and from you taking on a new thing and figuring it out. And so that was kind of interesting. Like the value is not necessarily one for one, you know, that they're taking. So I have a, yeah, I have a pretty extreme example, but if, in my own personal experience, I never looked. Again, it's all very. This is all very personal. Everyone's learning experience is different, but in my personal learning experience, I never looked to somebody that was at the same sort of average, or if not a couple days ahead of me. I've always looked at Picasso, mm, Da Vinci. That's a good point. Yeah, Thomas Edison, Andy Warhol. Uh, you know, people that were so far ahead. Being like, oh, if I only achieve just a few percent of what they're accomplished, then I'll be happy. And so the idea of trying to stay in parallel with everybody could be limiting. Oh, it's absolutely limiting. Yeah, that's a really good point. I hadn't thought of it like that. And it is one of those things where no matter what you do, no matter how minimal your tool set is, there's always someone somewhere watching you who has less. And that's something to keep in mind for life in general. But, I mean, from, like, a tools perspective, um, that makes it so, like, if you always go for the lowest common denominator what everybody has, 
at some point, all you can do is hit rocks together and try to make a thing. And, and that's not... Modern that Primitive. Sense. <laughs> what is the name of that channel? Primitive. Oh, Primitive, yeah, whatever. Primitive, yeah, primitive Technology? Engineer. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> so, I mean, <clears throat> you know, I don't want to fall into that trap. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. I don't want to fall into that trap of always trying to... <clears throat> Somebody help me. I don't want to fall into that <laughs> trap of always trying to do the minimum, you know, like the the most accessible tools, like only use tools under 50 bucks or whatever. But it was more of just a, if you're going to take a step into the world of machining, is it worth trying to learn the manual stuff at this point? Because it seems to me like that's a huge amount of stuff to learn. Or is it worth going the CNC route? Because that also seems like a huge amount of stuff to yeah, I think the C. I mean, personally, I think the CNC route is really where it's at these days. I mean, a lot of Tomax. I mean, a lot of bridge ports are fairly obsolete in many shops. But it's good to always have when you go. It's like it's like having a table saw and a wood CNC. You know, you're always going to need the table saw for something. Which that's not. It's not a great example. That's not really comparing apples to apples. But it, if you're going to jump into it, and the other thing to consider, if you're going to jump into it, I would say get a Tomax. But also. That's keeping it fresh. Remember that? I think that was the topic of the day is keeping it fresh. We never really got to it. But the idea of keeping it fresh, bringing in new things, that's kind of my mantra is always trying to think what's new. You know, like I didn't, I wasn't really hip on building a canoe, but I was like, you know what? I have to expand. I have to keep growing. I have to, my learning has to keep growing. I can't keep it in this one category of learning to satisfy my audience because my audience, our audience is growing with us. You know, our audience is also learning all these new technologies, these leaps and bounds. And I never thought I could do this. Oh my God, I'm so proud of myself. And, and I think the three of us can say the same thing. We never thought we'd do so many of the things we do and we're very proud of ourselves and our learning. And that inspires our audience to grow with us. So I, I don't think there should be any limitations. Um, and like I said, I think you should get a Tormach if you were going to get, if you were going to choose because okay. yeah. it's just the way things are going. You're already in that mindset there is a lot to learn, and you have many resources. I mean, I, I'm a little, uh, I'm a little timid still. I'm very timid when it comes to this the tormaco. But all I got to do is ask on Instagram, and fans immediately give me recipes for feeds and speeds and cutting heads. And John Saunders is a great resource, and and uh, he's so open. He's not clicky. He's very willing to help the audience uh, and help me and help anybody. So it's. Uh, it's 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 right at your fingertips. Hmm. Well, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to do either one of them, but <laughs> I have the opportunity for a uh, for oh, click. A, Get out of here, click. Get away. <laughs> <laughs> I wish people click could see the by click. <laughs> um, I wish <laughs> people could see Jimmy playing with his knife on the video. But anyway, I don't know that I'm going to get either one of those tools. Um, but I have the opportunity for a bridge fort possibly. And it's like, well, I could get that for, you know, a few hundred bucks or maybe a, a little over a thousand bucks. <clears throat> I would take it at, as well. I would Looking take that at too. the cost of the Tormach is like, wow, that's a, that's an investment, you know, and if I don't mm -hmm. have a specific need for it, then I probably don't need either one of them. So anyway, side topic. I, I, whenever it comes to a big machine that I have, like I'm on the fence about, I have a great excuse. It'll look good on camera. That's my, <laughs> my. I have no idea what to do with it. I don't know what it's going to look so good on camera. But you also a have thumbnail. a you have a ten thousand square foot warehouse as a shop plus a shop <laughs> at your 
at your house. So <laughs> it does there's make that. Life easier. Yeah, it does make life easier. Um, and I have a saving a, ta- a space saving table now, so I have a lot more room. Mm. So you should have a, a another table that flips your Bridgeport and your Tormach, so you can have them on two sides. <laughs> there's that a build a for you. Good idea. That's a good idea. So we did have a topic that we were going to try to get to. I think, right? Yeah, keeping it fresh. That's what we were discussing. I mean, I just oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, I just kind of introduced the idea of keeping it fresh, and you know, it seems like uh, 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 a lot of YouTubers are having a hard time, including me. And uh, you know, we're collectively views uh, ratings are slagging a little bit, are lagging. But that, a whole nother subject, a whole nother topic would be: I mean, are we doing it for the views, or are we doing it for the inspiration and for our own? Per- you know, I, I, I'm definitely having a decent income these days whether my ratings dip or increase nothing everything's still when you look at the scale of things the arrow is still moving upward um while the audience retention goes up and down up and down you know uh, i put a video out a couple weeks ago i've already reached over a half a million views on my my pumpkin smasher and you know so that that all that stuff helps, you know, every once in a while I do like a weapon video. Everyone knows if I do a weapon video, all of a sudden I get a lot of views and a lot of new fans. And, uh, Bobby Dukes put out a video, including me in it this week, which was great. And that got me a lot of fans. So I I say, you just keep moving forward. You never really know, but keeping it fresh in my case means getting new tools, getting interesting new tools. I personally never think that I'm going to alienate anybody. Because I feel the person that looks and goes, oh, that's outside my league. So then what are you going to never leave the house? You're going to look around the house and say, okay, these are the things I need. When I go outside, I'm going to see something that's more than what I have. And that's going to intimidate me. That's obviously an extreme example. But you can't be intimidated by technology. You have to be inspired by it. I certainly have battled being intimidated by technology. Tormach, obviously, is one of those things. Regular CNC, right straight from the beginning. I, I saw you guys doing CNC. And I was like, wow, those guys are so far and ahead of me. That's really how I felt when I first met you guys, and you guys were both playing with the uh, the shape Oko. I was like, "That sounds like a spaceship. I'm never going to be able to do that." And then you guys are like talking some secret CNC language, and I hadn't even gotten into it yet. I was very intimidated, although I acted like a tough guy. That's like, "Yeah, I've been around tools my whole life." And here you guys are talking about shape Okos, and I'm like, you know, I realize fast I I can't be intimidated by this stuff. I have to jump right in. And I think this journey, for me, it was seven years ago, Halloween, that I posted my very first video in this new life of mine as a YouTuber. Prior to that, I was just posting pictures of my trucks and videos of my cat humping my knee. So you do see older videos on my channel, but not pertaining to what we all do now. And I just think it's it's been such a great ride. And when people say, oh, well, you know, uh, you've changed. I want to change more. I really am fascinated by this ride and learning. You got to keep your learning fresh. You got to constantly keep, you know, the brain, and I'm going to stop rambling after this. The brain is like a muscle. You know, it's like, you know, Bob, you exercise all the time. You know, you run and that's something you got to keep up. You you know, your brain is the same thing. If you don't stimulate it with new input, you're going to be either intimidated or you'll be jealous or resentful of the people that are constantly stimulating the mind. And that's where trolls come in. When you're constantly expanding and stretching and you know, exercising your brain. The people that don't exercise their brain alone, they go, oh, you do that. I love the line, the brain is a muscle, because I personally believe that creativity is something that you can learn. If you, if you are, if you think you're one of the creative people and you, you, 
you don't have any original ideas, just pick up something and do it every day. Just draw something. Try to draw a, a cartoon every day. I mean, of course, your first your first cartoon is gonna it's gonna stink, and you're not gonna have any good ideas or what the what the cells are gonna be. But if you did that every single day, and that's all your brain thinks about, of course, you're gonna become really good at that. You're gonna become creative, and you're gonna come up with stories, and you're gonna come up with your with your style. One of the things I'm trying to teach my brain to do, which I'm not good at, is uh, take out the trash. Take out. I'm not good at taking out. I missed two weeks ago, <laughs> and that throws off the whole system. I'm just kidding. Because recycling only goes out every two weeks, and I'm like, oh, what am I going to do with all this stuff? But anyway, um, one thing that I want to get into more of is going to the antique store or going to the thrift store and find something to turn into something else. And I go to the antique store all the time because it's inspiring, and I love looking at old things, and and it, there's a nostalgia with a lot of stuff. And a lot of times I walk away with nothing but ideas like, oh, I want to remake that into that, that piece of furniture. But I go there with the intention of buying something to remake into something else. And I'm not good at that. But if I feel like if I keep going to the antique store and I keep thinking, how can I turn this into something else? Eventually, that something's going to click in my brain and all these ideas are just going to flow out. And I'm going to have all this, all, all, all these unique ideas. Yeah, yep. I, the more I, input, I'm totally the more with output. you on that. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it, w- what you were saying there about like drawing every day or something, doing a repeated thing for, like for practice. I think I am so production focused and productivity focused that I feel naturally like everything I do has to be working towards a release, a a thing that gets pushed out into the world. But what you're talking about there on the everyday practice thing is so contrary, it should be so contrary to that, because I think if you treat everything you do as a performance, as a piece of production that gets pushed out in the world, you're adding so much pressure to every one of those things. And so I think it's really important, like if someone is trying to learn how to draw, that's a good example, you draw every day and throw them away or put them in a book or put them in a box. Don't show them to anybody. You don't have to. That's not the point. The point is the muscle memory and the repetition and, you know, just sitting down to dedicate a little bit of time to a certain task on a regular basis without the pressure of this has to be good or this has to be worth showing to somebody or it has to meet a need or it has to, you know, none of that stuff. That's not the important part in that case. And I have a really hard time with that. I look at every, naturally, I look at everything that I do in the shop and in the office as like this is working towards content which needs to be released but there's a lot of stuff that I've had to make myself to say like no this is for me this is so that this is so that I get it done you know like right here there's an arduino <laughs> encased in a block of resin yes i don't know is. what i'm going to do with this but i <laughs> it's on my desk and i i had extra resin i had an arduino that didn't work anymore that i fried it was the first one i ever got and i fried it and it's been laying here going i got to do something with that arduino something unique something interesting and I had extra epoxy, so I just dropped the Arduino on the bottom of it. I don't know what I'm going to do with this, but it's a reminder on my desk that, like, sometimes you just have to do stuff for the sake of doing it, and you have to, like, this will sit there until an idea happens. Maybe that's not related to the repetition thing, but it is a non-production-related thing. And I'm trying to get myself more into the mindset more often of just doing thing. Do, doing things for the sake of practice and for the sake of enjoyment. And I think 
productivity and production will happen out of that. Mm. And it kind of like I was talking to my wife about music yesterday. It was the same thing. I was watching music being played yesterday and just going, man, I really wish I had time for music. And she said, well, you know, you just have to pick a time of the day and just play guitar for 10 minutes or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but that 10 minutes could be editing a podcast or, you know, getting a video ready or posting this thing or doing that. And as I was saying that, I was like, what a dumb thing to think. Like, no, that 10 minutes every day could be for the sake of enjoying playing a guitar. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's, that's totally okay. And it would move me back towards, well, cause like for me, one of the reasons I don't play music is because I don't play music. Like it's one of those things you have to, to be good enough to play in front of people or to record it. You have to actually do it. You have to practice it up. And I've been out of it for so long that I don't do it because I can't do it well enough to show anybody anymore. And it's such a like a weird, dumb cycle that like I'm getting into. I'm not doing it because I'm not doing it. Well, then I need to do it so that I can do it. And that's just a matter of practice. So anyway, anyway, it's the same thing that you were saying. I just want to reinforce that <clears throat> for people that sometimes you just have to repeat things and you just have to do it for the sake of doing it and moving things forward, not for the sake of, you know, being able to release something or present it in a way that's acceptable for YouTube or <laughs> Instagram or friends or family, it's sometimes it's just for the sake of doing it. Um, but I did have a question around, you know, we've all been doing this for a pretty long time now, and we've kind of talked about this, but what are some things, specific things, with the way that you make stuff or the way that you make videos or the way that you present what you do, what have you had, not have you willingly changed, what are some things that you've had to change to to be able to continue to do it, to keep up, or to, I don't even know how to ask it. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm asking? I, I do. It, uh, what are some of the changes we've needed to make? Yeah, needed to. I guess that's that's a good, simple word that I should have thought of. I think hmm. when I first started making videos, and maybe when I was doing it full-time four years ago, um, I separated entertainment from how to so i had that i had the weekly show and it was all about trying to be funny and highlighting other other woodworkers and that was an entertaining video and then i had my project builds where which was just like focused on my hands like this is step one step two step three and then um i needed a change for myself and for to, to grow an audience of combining the two just to make it more, I needed to change my, for myself to make it more interesting, to make this project fun. And then I wanted my viewers to want to watch the projects, whether or not they were going to make it, whether or not they were going to learn something. I wanted them to watch the videos because they liked the videos that I made. So I kind of combined them. I, I, I hired a, a camera person and it was just kind of like, follow me, keep up, and we're going to build this thing. Maybe you learn something, maybe you don't, but there, there's we're going to have a we're going to have a fun little journey and we've done that every week. And so that was one of the changes that I think I needed to make. If I was still doing the videos where it's just my hands making a thing, step 1 through 10, I I I think I'd I I would have I'd have a regular job by now, you know. And I'm 
I'm willing to keep up with the changes in the future because I love what I do so much that I can, at least right now, I cannot ever see myself working for anybody else. I, I What I do is so fun and so rewarding that I am willing to make a change in what I do to keep doing this for the rest of my life because I'm in a very fortunate and lucky position. Hmm. I'm just trying to think of some of the changes I've had to make. And I mean, obviously, I've made quite a, a few. And we talked to today about uh, just getting outside your comfort zone and learning new technology and not worrying about anybody else's personal growth but your own. So I've done that uh, despite some of my fears. I've gone past my fears and said, let me just jump in and try it. Maybe it's too expensive, but let me just try it. I know it'll look good on camera. <laughs> I've had the uh, I've had the experience where I see so much money being wasted on a television show. Not that I want to waste money, but when I see tens of thousands of dollars being spent towards a show that takes 20 minutes, ultimately nets out to 20 minutes. And I know I could do that for free. When I say free, I mean literally free. Like it doesn't cost anything aside from my time. Um, and so if I think, oh, let me get outside my comfort zone. Oh, you know, it would be cool if I spent $500 on this tool just to make that video look cool. I've, I've gotten past that, that fear of spending the money. And I rationalize it the way I just mentioned by having the experience of seeing so much money go through a TV show. And uh, so I've changed that. I've gotten less cheap. I've certainly, I'm certainly willing to, like last night, I, Tom Utley and I were talking last night briefly through text messaging. He says, why don't you buy a cold saw? And it's something I've always wanted. I completely forgot about it. When he reminded me, I went right on the computer when I got a minute and started looking up cold saws. Now, a cold saw is, is a rotating blade that spins very slowly and strongly, doesn't need oil, and uh, you can cut any kind of metal. Uh, it's usually like a machine shop thing. And you can make really nice joints with steel. And it ranges anywhere from $1,000 to $10,000. And I don't know where in that spectrum we're going to fall, closer to 1000 But I'm not afraid to go and buy that now because I know it'll be good for my production. It'll also be good for camera. It'll look good on camera. So that's the one way I've changed. I've gotten much less cheaper. I've also got much more daring in my learning. And I'm, I've also gotten outside my, my shell in the way that I'm not an introvert. I'm so excited and happy to meet and talk to new people uh, outside the clique. Uh, so it's really exciting <laughs> to speak to people and meet new people at shows and places that we go to. And uh, I really, I really honestly enjoy meeting people. So it's funny uh, where in the past I've, I've avoided meeting people. Now I really welcome it. And going to hmm. any new show or place is really an adventure just waiting to unfold. And it's exciting. And knowing I'm going to meet people that I'll, I'll make everywhere we go, I've made friendships that have lasted and uh, knowing any particular place I go, whether it's, uh, you know, to make essential or one of the make affairs, I've made lasting friendships. And uh, so getting outside my comfort zone basically is the biggest change. Hmm. Yeah, I've been trying to, while you've been talking, I've been trying to think of places where I've stepped out of my comfort zone. <clears throat> and I think it, it's kind of hard because I'm, hmm. Hiring somebody is pretty like, uncomfortable for the first well, time. I guess the, that, yeah, that was the only thing I could think of really was is scaling is like I naturally would love to keep everything as close to my chest as possible and be like, I'm in control of this and I'm in control of that. And I make sure the edits are exactly like I want them to be. And, you know, that's totally not scalable. You just you there is a physical limit to every single person in this world. And when you hit that limit, you can't do more. And. 
as I hit that limit a long time ago, I saw that, well, I want to be able to do a little bit more or I want to be able to maybe go full time at some point. You know, that was the original thought. <clears throat> and so having to decide at that point, like, do I stay maxed out? Do I stay where I am and not grow anymore? Or do I let go of something, let somebody else do it so that the whole thing can move forward a little bit more? And so I did that with an editor. And then I was like, okay, cool. Now we're back to I can keep everything else close to the chest and move forward. And then you move forward a little bit and you're like, nope, maxed out again. Got to figure out how to let somebody else have this part. And so I guess over the past several years, um, I've been able to realize, I see example of letting go of this makes it better because I can't actually do 100% on that. But it also gives me more time to do the stuff that I want to do. And when I saw that happen, I was a little bit more willing to let go of something else and then let go of something else. And I'm not willing to give everything away to other people because then that loses the heart of why and what I want to do. <clears throat> but I think part of it has been learning how to analyze all the stuff I have to do and figure out what needs me and what doesn't necessarily need me to still happen. And that's a kind of a skill, I think. It's something that I'm still trying oh, to figure yeah. out. Um, and I'm actually right in the middle of trying to figure it out again right now. But, you know, it's not a matter of like just saying, well, I would rather be in the shop every day. And so everything else can go away. It's not that. It's looking at like, does this task actually need me or does it need a different type of person? And Josh writes a lot of the stuff now. He's better at it. He enjoys it more. So it's not even a matter of me not wanting to do it. He's better you know, and the output becomes better because of that. So I think that's like a, uh, you know, a, a thing that you have to just kind of like process and look at each one of those things. And I think that'll probably continue to happen. And it's always going to be a bit of a stretch for me to take, sorry, there's kids above me. You probably heard that. Um, a bit of a stretch to let go of things so that it all gets better. I there's there, I definitely had that like this is my thing I want to control this there's there's that pride of when you release something like I did this from beginning to end uh, when I hired out for the, the camera person the first one was Eric uh, I was like this is my vision he understood it and then he took that and made it better because he was a bet he was a better camera operator. Uh, than I was and I was like oh my goodness this is this is crazy and then now I got Dan and D Dan is like 10 times better than than I am at, at running the camera I mean I ran the camera this weekend when I was filming that go-kart race and I was like oh this is all clunky and uh I feel sorry <laughs> for whoever has to edit this which is me me <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh and and so I'm like it's 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 actually it's made me better by hiring out and and having these other people help me and and I'm trying to I'm trying to uh, I I know most of the people that are listening to this don't have assistance or somebody to help so I'm trying to figure out how to connect this to to everybody else but you know maybe just working with somebody else can um, just help you help bring your skills it's like i think jimmy said it last week or maybe maybe you bob but uh, uh if you're the smartest person in the room you're in the wrong room and why not work with other people who are better at it than you to, to pick up on the on their skills does that make sense yeah I, it's true. I went yeah, it absolutely tangent, does yeah no i definitely think so and it, you know for me that comes down to i want 
I like to make stuff to be a certain thing and I want it to have a certain effect on people. And that doesn't require me. The, the only way for that to happen is not by me doing everything. The goal is the goal. And if that means it takes a couple of different people with different skill sets to um, to make that goal happen, or if it makes takes 20 people with different skill sets to make that happen, like the goal is the goal, right? Mm-hmm. So I yeah. need to do whatever I need to do to get that and not be selfish about, but I want to be the one who does this, or I want to be the one that, you know, being the owner carries the risk, but it also gives me the opportunity to pick and choose the things I want to do, but I still got to get to the goal. So I'm still trying to figure all that stuff out, but I think it's kind of a revolving you know, like I get comfortable and then I have to stretch a little bit to, to be able to move things forward. And so that's that's one of those staying fresh things I think that constantly happens. It's funny. Some, um, I, I think of a channel like Mike Boyd. Like I think, Bob, you introduced me to him a few months ago. And I was like, this channel is amazing. I love I love what he does. And he's putting out content, I don't know, every couple of weeks or so, however long it takes him to learn a new skill. And now all of a sudden, his his content release schedule has totally changed where it's way less videos and i'm like oh man but now they're way more epic videos because he was rolling with with the flow and 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 changing it up to and it's part of his growth is to do these bigger more epic videos and so there's that that selfish part of me of like i want to see more mike boyd every week or every two weeks but now it's like maybe it's once a month but that one that 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 video that i get once a month now is like oh my goodness i can't believe the the quality of, of this yeah, and that's an interesting. That's probably a whole another discussion separately. You know, quantity and quality, but yeah, that's one of those things that you can, you know, adjust over time. Um, you guys have anything else on this? Oh, we're at fifty-four minutes. Yeah, look at that. We can fill time talking about nothing. Yeah, <laughs> time. Um, well, if you guys yeah. don't have anything else, let me thank our Patreon supporters. Uh, where's the list? Oh, I lost the list. Hold on. Uh, especially wise old Dal. Evan and Caitlin, Corey Ward, Works by Solo, Chad from Mancrafting, Nick Ryan, Caleb Harris, Maker in Training, Fun Kissed, I, I did it again, I do it every week, Fun Kiss, Artistic Creations, Blondie Hacks, which is new this week, and Make, Build, Modify. I'm going to go ahead and talk about my pick, since I'm already talking. Oh, no. Um, yes. <laughs> I, I took it. I bet it's the same one you're going to say. Um, if you want to help out the show, we don't have sponsors, because we have Patreon Everybody that supports us over there um, at any level gets the after show, which is more of us talking. Sometimes we talk about stuff that didn't get talked about on the show, which is really cool. Um, we, we greatly appreciate the support. So if you want to help us out, go to patreon.com slash making it and um, give us a little little thing. What, what? There's no action. Is there a verb for Patreon-ing? Give us a little Patreoning. <laughs> I don't know. Become a patron, I guess, is the word. So my um, recommendation this week is Blondie Hacks, who is our newest patron. But also, she sent me a link to – we were talking about machining last week or a couple weeks ago or whenever. And I I had mentioned how some of, like, this old Tony's videos are great, but they're, like, 30 minutes long or they're hard to get through. She has a series called Lathe Skills that she's starting, and I think she just put out the third one today or yesterday or something. And they're, like, seven, eight minutes. And it's – straightforward, well-presented. She obviously knows what she's talking about. And so she's talking through, like, the theory of how the lathe, metal lathe works. There's one about bits and, like, tool bits. And then the third one she put out, I don't know what the topic of it is, facing. So getting a clean face on the end of your piece. Anyway, 
good stuff. And I'm totally, I subscribed. I want to watch these and get my base down for uh, using the metal lathe. So big thanks to her for making that and for sending it over. So go check it out. Hmm. Awesome. Uh, I want to shout out to The Good of the Land. Have you guys seen this channel pop up recently? I've heard the name. Yeah, The Good of the Land. It's uh, my buddy Justin. We met over the summer at the Bar Z event, and he's got a great channel where he restores antique machines. And he actually is a curator of a, of a big, giant machine collection in Lindale, Texas. And they're having a big event November 17th. And he's selling tickets to the event. There's going to be a lot of YouTubers there, including A-Bomb and a bunch of uh, other guys. But if you go to the channel and look at about two or three videos back, he does a whole big pitch about the event that's taking place November 17th. I was scheduled to go. Unfortunately, the canoe event was moved to that same weekend. So I cannot go to that event on the, the 7th, November 17th. So I will be in New York City on November 17th. But go check out, if you live in the area of Lindale, Texas, go check out the Good in the Lands YouTube channel and he describes that event that's coming up. It's all about antique machines, restoring, casting, welding. It's going to be a big, big, big event. So check it out. Cool. And I am going with something I've recommended before, but I'm going to recommend it again because it's still good. And that's DIY Creators. Um, channel's pretty big now it's uh like 1.1 million subscribers which is amazing i love wow. the love the growth but uh the projects are they're beautiful and simple and they're i i just like the i, I like his style so going with diy creators this week check it check it check it cool um all right you guys got anything else for this week hmm oh. <laughs> that is a no. <laughs> That's my, uh, I've been practicing my ventriloquial voice. Watch. See that? I said my lips I aren't moving. Did yeah, I can't even see your lips move. That's amazing. <laughs> see, when you, when you first started that, you weren't very good at it, but you did it every <laughs> single day. <laughs> now look where you're at. <laughs> uh, all right. Like Kenny from South Park. Right. Oh, the click That's is for this back. one. Oh, no. Oh, All right. Click. Just for that, it's <laughs> the end of the episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Love you. Bye. <laughs>